Are you selling for today or are you selling for tomorrow? If you are looking to have a long-lasting, self-sustaining, scalable business that's going to serve you for years to come, then this is an episode that you don't want to miss. Welcome to The Road to Seven. I'm your host, Sheila Cummins. I am an entrepreneur, a mentor, an investor, a wife, and mom to three beautiful children. Women entrepreneurs are up-leveling and changing the rules for business strategy, leadership, success, money, and impacting the world every single day. The Road to Seven is the diary of business strategy for women entrepreneurs. We meet you where you're at in your business and champion you along the road to your vision. And I am honored you chose to join us today. Ready to go? Buckle up. It's time to hit the road. Welcome back to The Road to Seven with Sheila Cummins. I am your host, Sheila Cummins. And today we're going to talk about this concept that I see happening all the time around me of companies that are selling for today instead of tomorrow. And when we sell for today, it's usually because we're in a little bit of a money pickle or we're trying to hit some vanity metrics that serve only us, or we're really just trying to get some product out the door without thinking about the long-term ramifications of what we're doing. Let me tell you a little bit of a story to put this into context. If you know me at all, you know that all three of my kids play rep hockey. We, we play a lot of hockey, friends, every single week, probably 12 to 15 arenas worth of hockey. It's a it's a definite part-time job for me to be the driver for the various carpools, the various kids going to the various arenas, and I'm happy to do it. It's something that my mom did for me as a young kid. I was a swimmer. We had nine workouts a week plus meets, and it served me very well. And when I watch my kids shine and thrive through the fun they're having, the fitness they're getting, and the friendships that they're making, it's all worth it. So I'm not telling this story to complain at all about the choices that we've made for our kids. Instead, I'm telling the story about a hockey tournament that we went and attended back in November in Lake Placid, New York. We live in Toronto. It's about an eight-hour drive. The team rented a bus to get there. And let's keep in mind that this is the first year in three years that we've been able to travel for hockey tournaments because of, you know, the vid. COVID has thwarted a lot of plans. And as a result, a lot of times events that have in-person components have really strong refund policies or, you know, sanctions in place so that they can protect both the people that are booking and themselves. And I understand that. But in this instance, there was a real downfall. And it's resulted in a decision that our team is never going to go to this tournament again. So here's what happened. Back in November, there was a massive virus going around, RSV virus and COVID. And there was a lot of kids that were really sick. And there was two families that couldn't make the trip because their kiddo was sick. Now, one family had chosen not to get the travel insurance, which meant they got no refund. Fair enough. That's a decision they made. The other family 
did pay for the insurance so they could get a refund. Up to 48 hours ahead of time, they made the call and oh my gosh, if you ever have to make that call for your kid, you know how heartbreaking it is. And they called 49 hours before the cancellation, literally an hour after the deadline. And here's where bureaucracy and humanity split. The person on the other end of the phone, despite the fact that they had insurance, could not see the human side of this issue. And I understand that person might not have been empowered to make these decisions. And you see this a lot if you're talking to the CRA or a call center. Whoever you're talking to doesn't have the authority or the the ability to make some strategic decisions. And so this mom did what anybody would do, say, listen, I understand you can't make the decision. I understand I'm an hour past the bed, the deadline. Please may I talk to your manager. And so it got escalated, escalated, and escalated. It came to the tournament manager who really is the final say. This is one kid out of a team of 18 or 16, I guess, who was asking for a refund of $200. That tournament would have made over $20,000 off of our team through the tournament fees, through the food and beverage package that we purchased, through the hotels that we stayed at. It was all run through this one tournament. $200 was the refund that was being asked versus a $20,000 profit. And they said no despite the fact she had insurance. Now, I get that they were an hour late. I understand that. But the human side of this would have been, absolutely, we'll give you the $200 refund. I'm so sorry. Tell you what, let me credit your account the $200. We will welcome the rest of your team and wish them good luck. $200 would not have made a difference to that organization, but it made a big difference to this family. But that lack of humanity has cost that tournament a $20,000 ticket next year. We won't go back because they were so unreasonable, unpleasant through the process. They forgot that they were dealing with people. And they were someone that was selling for today, for this instant. They have lost a team for years to come. We ended up winning gold at that tournament. The girls did a terrific job and they probably, you know, as a team, we would have gone back next year, but not anymore because of how they handled that situation. They were selling and dealing with something in a short-sighted way that focused just on today, but didn't look at the impact down the road. You know, I see this with some of the Christmas gifts that we bought. There was a ornament that I bought for the kids, interestingly, also hockey themed. But in the ad, it said that there were lights that glowed on these little hockey ornaments and you could customize them with the kid's name and the color of their helmet. And, you know, we put the logo of the team on them and they were really cool. And when we got them, the lighted, (laughs) the lighted lights were literally stickers. They were terrible. They were so misrepresented in the ad, but they sold the product for today because what happened as a result, I will never buy from them again. Nobody that I talk to will ever buy from them again. They have lost a whole bunch of potential clients. Now, 
you know, I bought one to attach to a gift of someone on our team. And I gave it to them and they sort of looked at it and I explained what happened and they're like, oh my gosh, that's so bad, too bad. If the if the product had been how it was advertised with these light up lights and you press a button and they turn on instead of these stupid stickers that you stick on this ornament, she said, I would have bought it for, I don't know, probably 20 other people that we know. It's such a great idea. That company made a sale for today. They sold three, well, four helmets, these little, you know, $9 ornaments, but they've lost 20 orders in the future. And by misrepresenting what it is that they were selling, and by just trying so hard to push this product into the hands of someone, they've forgotten the long-term play. When you sell something that is not quality, when you sell something that is substandard, you are not going to be getting repeat clients. You're not going to enjoy word of mouth marketing, which is your most powerful sales tool. Literally me giving that one ornament to one person would have translated into 20 new sales had they had the product they said they were going to sell. And I know that that's an extreme situation and you're probably not selling hockey helmet ornaments for Christmas trees. But you've got to be standing behind your products. You cannot cut corners. You can't be trying to cheap out or skimp out on what it is that you're selling because you might sell that one product. But if it doesn't meet the expectations of the people who bought it, they are not going to be sharing it. They're not going to be talking about it. And you are going to make a sale for today and you're going to lose a whole bunch of money for tomorrow. Another thing that I've been watching people do is when they're selling, Literally just to make vanity metrics, to to make these random numbers that they've decided are going to make them successful. And I see it through posts where a lot of time people are justifying the amount that they're selling things for. If you're having to justify the price of something through your marketing and be convincing people that it's important that they make really high investments in themselves, it's usually a reflection that you perhaps are not feeling great about. <laughs> what it is that you're selling or the price that it's at. You know, that confidence behind your pricing has to come through a very internal connection to the value that you're bringing. And when you're in full integrity with the value that you're bringing, then you can stand behind the price no matter what it is. When you can just say the price, look the person in the eye, be like, yeah, this is the price, this is how much it is, take it or leave it, then you're in the right place. Then you're selling the right thing. I once received an email about somebody who was having a massive fire sale of a whole bunch of products. She belonged to a a direct marketing company and she was selling these beauty products and health products. And the message in the email was, you know, I'm having this big sale so that I can get my white Mercedes. And if you buy X amount, then you're going to help me get my white Mercedes and I would feel really grateful. (laughs) I never bought a thing from her after that. Literally never would have bought anything from her because she wasn't selling for me. She wasn't selling to help me out. She wasn't selling because she wanted to make my life better or my skin better or my, you know, sleep better or, you know, blood pressure better, whatever it was that she was selling. She was literally selling for her own good, for herself. She wanted to hit this metric so that she could get a white car. Well, holy cannoli. No. So if you're having to justify your pricing or you're having to sell 
X amount so you can say that you've sold X amount because you're in a challenge. You know, I saw someone else who said, Oh, I'm, I'm in this, you know, challenge and I have to make 10K in five days. You know, please buy this so that I can be one of the winners. Like, oh my word, you've just lost sight. I think there's an angel in heaven who lost their wings over that post. Honest to goodness. When you're selling, you're selling because you're going to make somebody's life better. You're selling because you're going to transform someone in some way. If it's a product, it's because, you know, maybe if you're selling jewelry, you're going to help them create a memory or an identity with this piece. Or, you know, if it's a, if it's a, a t-shirt or a special eco-friendly something, it's because they need this. They'll, part of their identity is to take care of the planet. You know, that transformation, you know, in coaching, it's so easy to put your finger on it. I'm going to help you transform from this to that or to be this kind of person or whatever it is. When you're selling because you want to hit a metric, then you're selling for the wrong reason. And people can smell that a mile away. I, you can see it. You know, I think the classic example of that is a used car salesman who has to hit their monthly figures. And, you know, my husband tells this beautiful story about a sales guy who's needing to hit his, his numbers. And so he, somebody comes in and he starts talking really funny and he says, yeah, you need this car. And the guy who's, you know, he's selling to is holding his nose and he's like, oh my gosh, you've got commission breath. I can totally smell that you need to make this car so you can hit your numbers. Like that, the whole idea of commission breath just make commission breath just makes me laugh every time I hear it. But I see it every single day. People that are desperate to make a sale because they have a mortgage payment. People that are desperate to sell because they want to be part of some club or they want to hit some number. When you're functioning through that external validation or the external reason for selling what it is that you sell, people can smell it from a mile away. When you're selling from a place of authenticity and integrity and value behind what it is that you're selling and standing behind it, people can see that. They can feel that. And because people buy from you based on how somebody feels, you're wanting them to feel that you are in alignment with what you're selling. You sell 10 times more. When you're doing those vanity fire sales just so you can hit certain metrics or pay certain bills, it's going to serve you in the short term. You'll probably have a small influx of cash, but in the process, you're going to be losing a whole opportunity going forward. You are literally cutting your foot off in order to make that one thing work, and you're losing so much money and so much trust and credibility with your audience in the long run. The final thing that I wanted to talk about when it comes to selling for today instead of tomorrow is the sales tactics that I see being used. You know, there's a difference between hitting pain points in your sales copy and manipulating and triggering your audience to put them in a space state of desperation to buy from you. And I think that it is, it can be a very fine line. It also is literally just done through integrity. And, you know, that word's going to come up a lot through this episode as I talk about standing behind your product, you know, remembering that you're selling to human beings and the long-term impact of the decisions that you make. If you're misrepresenting something, when you're manipulating a sale, people can see through it or the right people can see through it. The wrong people will buy and the right people can see through it. And when you keep serving the wrong people, that's when things start to go sour. 
you know, you start to see your sales decrease, you start to see your revenue drop, you start to see your community leave sometimes in droves and go to your competition. And so when it comes to sales tactics, let's just remember it's all about making a connection with someone new and helping them see what's possible through what it is that you sell. They have to want that thing. You can't manipulate them into thinking that they need that thing. That will last for a nice short amount of time, but in the long run, it's going to do more harm. And so as you're heading into 2023 and you're focusing on your offers and you're thinking about your selling, just take a moment and remember that you are in the people business and you're selling to people and we need to deal with people in a people way. No, you don't have to refund everything, but you have to be reasonable in how you're reacting to people's responses to your product or to a situation. You've got to stand behind what it is that you're selling and make sure that you're accurately representing it. We want to make sure that you're selling the right things for the right reasons. And we step away from selling things just to hit some vanity metrics that have been put in place. And let's remember that as we're selling, we don't need to manipulate people in order to buy. That is such a old school bro style way of marketing and selling. You can literally just sell by connecting with other humans and helping them see what it is that you do and what's possible. And then if they need that, you be the bridge and you be the road to help them get what it is that they want. Here's to wishing you an amazing 2023 and let's sell for the long run, friends. We are in this for the long haul and let's make those decisions with that in mind. I'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to The Road to Seven. If you found value in what you've heard today, please leave us a five-star rating and a written review. You might just get a shout out on an upcoming episode and you never know when I'm going to be mailing some surprise treats to our reviewers. Make sure to subscribe so you automatically get notified when new episodes are released. Are you looking for a way to connect with other entrepreneurs that are facing the same challenges as you? I'd love to connect with you in the Road to Seven Facebook group on Instagram and LinkedIn. Just head to SheilaCummins.com. You will find all the links that you need right there. Together, we'll explore more ways to support your shift into action so that you can grow your business to finally match your vision. I love aligning your vision of success with strategic and intentional actions because that is how we will grow your business to match your vision. I focus on women, all women, because women hold the keys and the power to creating a powerful and positive world through their impact. We'll see you on the next episode.